Hello, Cathedral family. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm over here at the prayer center to kick things off. And behind me, you can see an image of Jesus praying. And we need to remember as we face 2021 that Jesus is praying for us. If we've had a setback, Jesus is praying for our comeback. In fact, Jesus invites us into the relationship he has with the Father. That relationship is his by right. But by putting our faith and trust in him, Jesus says we can approach the Father as our Father. In fact, he taught us to pray a prayer, and I invite you to pray that prayer with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, I'm looking forward to sharing today's message with you. But right now we're going to go to Pastor Vaughn and the team as they lead us in worship.
When I was six years old, my grandmother got really sick, went in the hospital and died. It was really hard for me as a young kid, but what was even harder was just a few weeks later, I got really sick. I, I couldn't walk, I couldn't even stand up. I was crawling and when my parents took me to the hospital, as they sat there holding my hands, the doctor came in and said, I'm sorry, but he's probably never gonna walk again and his heart is so bad right now, I'm not sure he's gonna make it. What was my parents' first choice? They called their pastor, and there as they stood over my bed, they laid hands on me and prayed for me, and immediately I was healed. All the swelling was gone, my heart was normal, I got up and walked out, and not only do I walk, I can run, I can dance, because that's where God's story intersected my story, that's my testimony. And that's the testimony God can have for you. This past week, we've had so many stories of people from Cathedral that we've been writing letters and calling and talking to that have shared great news of God healing of cancer this past week. This past week, somebody declared greatness because God got them through COVID victoriously. Another family said God opened an amazing door for them. Another person said that God made a way where there seemed to be no way. Another family shared about how God was helping them through the loss of a loved one. You see, this Bible isn't just once upon a time. It's not a Hallmark story. It's not long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. This isn't some kind of fairy tale. This is in the days of Moses, in the days of Elijah, in the days of Jesus. In your days, his story wants to intersect your story. And I encourage you, if you have a need, you can send it to us at prayer at cathedraloffaith.org. We want to join with you in believing where his story will intersect your story and you too will have a testimony because God's not finished with you yet. And Lord, I just pray right now that the, the, the sense of your anointing that we have right here in this room 
would transfer to every single household. Lord, some of those stories out there say, your job's no longer needed, you're not essential. The doctor says, there's all these storylines out there and people that are hearing us right now, but add to that storyline that you're not done, you're not finished. Come and complete the work that you've started. Let hope rise up in every household. Let faith go through their spiritual veins that they can believe that you are the God of miracles. That's going to be their testimony as we let faith rise in us by your power because you're not finished. You who started a good work will be faithful to complete it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. God is good. And again, send us your prayer request. We're looking forward to standing with you for God to do a miracle in your life and your situation and your family. Well, another part of my testimony is from a very early age, there's something that's always been part of my life. My parents always said, you need to focus on and think about the goodness of God. And in, in Psalm 116, we read these words. The psalmist says, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? He goes on to say, I will present a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. You see, part of my story always was calling on the name of the Lord and bringing that thank offering. And you get the opportunity to do that right now. You can go online, you can go to our, our app, you can write out a check and mail it to us or drop it by. You see, that same year when I was six years of age is when I came to the Lord. And right away, my parents said, okay, we're gonna start giving you an allowance. And I thought I was rich. They gave me 50 cents. But I sort of scratched my head and said, Dad, why didn't you give me two quarters or a 50 cent piece? He said, I want to give you four dimes and two nickels because 10%, five cents of that goes to the offering. And every week I would bring my five cents. I would put it inside the offering, drop it off and give it to the Lord. In fact, my dad said, sometimes God might tell you to give more. And one time I remember on Easter, I gave a quarter, which was like, whoa, half of my allowance. It was crazy. To me, it was a lot of money. I remember the first time I put $5 in, the first time I put $50 in, the first time I put $500 in. Why? Because of the goodness of the Lord. And that's what you get to do now. Because of God's goodness to you, because of his story and your story, your testimony can be God is a God who provides. You can also text GIVE to the number at the bottom of the screen. We want you to be able to experience the power of God in that supernatural way that comes when we respond with a thank offering to His goodness. God's not done. There are greater things yet to come. And speaking of great things yet to come, here's Lauren to bring us this week's announcements. Hello, Cathedral fam. We are so glad that you're here with us today. You know, we're in the middle of this series called Dream Again, where we're looking at how you can take back the dreams that God has for your life. And part of this series, we have some great resources available for you on the church website. We've got resources for all ages. We've got resources for small groups. We've got all kinds of resources. So I encourage you to head on over to the website, take a look, check it out. On the website, you can also purchase Pastor Ken's book, Imagine Living Your Dream. 
to stay connected and see what's happening here at the church. We encourage you to follow us on social media, check us out at the church website, or give us a call at the church office. We would love to hear from you, and we hope to see you online. Hello, Cathedral family. You know what time it is. It's time to dream again. Can I tell you what I've been dreaming about? I've been dreaming about getting my haircut cut again. I mean, if I don't get a haircut soon in another week, I'm going to look like this right here. But I've also been dreaming about more important things. Can anybody say Cathedral Village? What's stirring on the inside of you? What is stirring in your spirit? We're asking the Holy Spirit at the start of the year to breathe into us, to inspire us, to resurrect a dead dream or to dream a new dream. Maybe we ought to ask the Holy Spirit to help us get back in touch with that inner child. Do you remember how as kids, wow, it was so easy to dream. Dreaming came naturally, but then life comes along and diminishes that capacity to dream. Can we get it back? Can we take it back? I read a, a book on creativity some time ago. It was a very interesting book. And in it, they mentioned a study that was done by a psychologist. And the psychologist took uh, hundreds of undergrads. He divided them into two groups. And to one group, he gave this instruction. I want you to imagine that you're seven years old. School's been canceled for the day. And you have the day off. What are you going to do? Now, to the other group of undergrads, he gave them the same instructions except for that one piece about imagining that they were seven years old. They were each given the opportunity to write for 10 minutes. And then after that, they were given various tests on creativity. You know, things such as, well, come up with alternative uses for an old car tire, or what can you do? List all the things that you can do with a brick. And here's what the psychologist discovered. That those who imagined that they were seven years old, that they scored much higher on the creative test. That they came up with more than twice the ideas of the other group. See, that capacity, it can be regained if we'll give ourselves permission, permission to create and permission to dream, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Well, for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about taking a step of faith toward your dream. Taking a step of faith. Dr. Martin Luther King once described faith this way. He said, Faith is taking the first step even when you do not see the whole staircase. 
I love that. Taking that step of faith. This is what a man in the Bible by the name of Abraham does. Abraham is known as the father of faith. Time Magazine once had Abraham on the cover and talked about how his faith changed the world. And it did. The three big monotheistic religions of the day, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, they all trace back their roots to Abraham. And Abraham's greatness started with a dream that God dropped in his heart. We read about that dream in Genesis chapter 12. God says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. When Abraham heard this, his name was not great. No one knew his name. But that's the thing about greatness. It's not something you're born into. It's something you become. And it's the dream of God that pulls greatness out of you. It was the dream of God that pulled greatness out of Abraham. And Abraham's step of faith is described in Hebrews chapter 11 this way. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Abraham took that step of faith. What can we learn from his step that can help us as we take our next step of faith? Well, first of all, know this, that faith always takes a step. Faith always takes a step. And to flesh out this idea, is my buddy one of the best motivators I know? I'm handing the baton off to Pastor Ramel. Pastor Ramel. Thanks, Pastor Ken. How's it, Cathedral Faithful? You know, Pastor Ken, he's absolutely right. Faith will always take a step. God is telling Abraham to leave his country, leave his family, leave everything he knows to a land that he'd lead him to and that would one day be his. I mean, what does Abraham do? What would you do? I'm sure Abraham had enough faith to believe in this God-given dream, but does he have enough faith to take that step? Would you have enough faith to take that step? You know, when I take my family home to Hawaii where I was born and raised, we always go to a nearby waterfall. And one year, a bunch of local kids, they hung up a rope and they were swinging from this rope down and into the water. Did it over and over again and without any problems. And I started to believe, I go, look, if that rope can hold those little kids, well, then should be able to hold me, right? <laughs> well, the real test came when I'm at the top of the cliff and I give that rope a little tug and I look down. Did I believe what I really believed and enough to take that step? You know, the Bible in Hebrews 11.1 1 frames moments like that this way. It says, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. It's the stuff that we need to know whether we believe what we believe and believe enough to take that step. I mean, that's what Abraham does. He believes and he leaves. 
So you, me, we, we need to believe enough to leave where we're at and start taking steps towards our dreams. I mean, what are you dreaming for? And do you believe enough to take that step? I mean, maybe it's a step of faith that you need to take with your career or maybe with your marriage or maybe with your finances, your kids, your ministry. Maybe it's a step of faith you take to overcome your addiction. Or maybe it's a step of faith you take to realize your dream. Maybe it's a step of faith that's simply to just improve your health. Uh, one day, uh, one Monday at the Family Life Center, uh, before a training session, I asked a client, I said, hey, what's the best decision you made over the weekend? And he tells me, I decided I'm not going to have any ice cream. So I was super excited because we've been talking about this for a while and I knew he was going to feel great. So I said, so how did you feel? And he said, I felt horrible. And I was like, what? He said, well, just because I made the decision not to eat ice cream doesn't mean I didn't. I ended up eating a whole carton. <laughs> Some coach I turned out to be, right? Well, look, if you don't take the steps you need to take and you still expect change to happen, well, there's a book called The Wild Goose Chase. And in that book, the author talks about, about adventures with God. And he takes moments like that and, and frames it like this. He says, the primary reason we do not see God moving is that we are not moving. If you want to see God move, then make a move. In other words, you move and God moves. You see, if you do that, if you let that get in your spirit, you grab hold of it and you let it grab hold of you, just like my client did, who was 78 years old at the time, in a wheelchair, when he decided to finally make a move with God for his health, he was, able to, he was able to lose that weight and get out of the wheelchair and into a walker. And then he took another step and he started to strengthen his heart condition. And he was able to go from the walker and eating only two canes. Then he made another move and he started well, to work on his range of motion and he started to improve his arthritic condition till one day, for the first time in years, he was able to take steps without an assistive device. Now that's what I call cathedral strong. Faith always takes a step. I mean, what, what are you dreaming of? What are you believing for? Believing in enough to take that step of faith. You know, we can always take steps toward faith, but there's gonna come a point in your faith, like God did with Abraham, where you're going to need to take a step where your heart's going to be racing. You know, as a strength coach, uh, one of the most important things we pay attention to in a training session is, is the pulse. And let me coach you today to maybe stop and, well, take your pulse to see how your fitness is doing. You see, faith, it, it, it has a pulse. And the Bible, it says that faith without action is dead. So a faith that's alive, well, it has a pulse and a faith that's alive, it'll beat. And it'll beat, boom, boom. For you to act, it'll beat, boom, boom. For you to move, it'll beat, boom, boom. For you to take a step. What are you dreaming for? What step do you need to take? Because faith will always take a step. In one of my favorite books, it's called Imagine Living Your Dream. It's written by one of my favorite authors, Pastor Ken Foreman himself. 
He talks and shares about this exhilarating pulse racing experience of skydiving. And he acknowledges, look, if I did not take the steps to prepare, and if I didn't have the nudge of my skydiving tandem coach, then I probably would never have jumped and I would have missed out on a once in a lifetime experience. And after realizing his dream and writing his book, he concludes by telling us this. Maybe that's why I wrote this book, to give you a nudge. Dreams can happen to those who are willing to take a step of faith. There's a dream waiting for you to follow. Whether it's a big step or a little step, take that step of faith today. Because if you do, it'll be like what Pastor Ken writes in his book, what a rush. Thank you, Pastor Ramel. Oh, we want to give you that nudge today to take that step of faith. And when you take that step of faith, here's another thing we understand from the story of Abraham. When you take that step of faith, understand that you never really have all the facts. This is what we see in the story of Abraham. We read a moment ago in Hebrews chapter 11 that Abraham went without knowing where he was going. Now let's slow that down a moment. He went without knowing where he was going. Let me say it one more time. He went without knowing where he was going. Now, I wonder if that was me instead of Abraham. Would I have peppered God with more questions? Would I have said, God, I, I need more facts. Where is the land? What is it going to be like? What am I going to face when I get there? Can you imagine what the conversation was like between Abraham and his wife, Sarah? Abraham says, honey, we're going on a road trip. And she says, great, what should I pack? And he says, well, pack it all. We're not coming back. And she says, get out of town. He says, exactly, that's what we're doing. And she says, well, where are we going? And he says, well, when we get going, then we'll know where we are going. And at that moment, she gives him that glance, you know, that Medea glance. But that's the thing about a step of faith. It seems to me in any step of faith, we never have all the facts. I mean, get all the facts you can. There's nothing wrong with wanting facts, but just recognize it's called a step of faith, not a step of facts. And you'll never have all that you need. And if you're waiting for more and more and more facts, uh, there's an old riddle that goes like this. There were five frogs sitting on a log and four of them decided to jump. So how many frogs are still left on that log? And the answer is five because deciding to jump is different than actually jumping. And we can decide to take that step of faith as soon as we have all the facts and what ends up happening is we never jump because there's only one person who ever has all the facts, and that's God. And what God does is this. He gives us 
the facts that we need. Not all the facts we want, but he gives us the facts that we need in order to take that step. And then when we take that step, he reveals the next step. Act on what you know, and you'll know even more. Act on what you have, and you'll have any more. Act on what you see, and you'll see even more. This is a principle of the kingdom of God. Our friend Erwin McManus, in his book, Chasing Daylight, he says, do what you know you should do, and then you'll know what to do. And Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 13, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. As you take that step of faith with the facts that you have, God continues to unfold the next step and the dream that he has for you. A good case study for this is found in reaching out. When we moved to the campus in 1981, our dedication prayer was this. It was a step of faith. Prayer is a step of faith. And we pray God help us to hear the cries, to see the needs, and to notice the hurts. And then later on, we took another step of faith. And we opened up a closet on the weekends and we handed a a few bags of groceries to people after church. And then we took another step of faith and we bought a portable building and distributed food throughout the week. And then we took another step of faith. And in the 90s, we built a a 16,000 square foot building to How's the reaching out ministry? And then we took another step of faith and we went mobile and we're serving over 30 public schools with groceries for needy families. And then we took another step of faith. When the pandemic hit, almost all the food pantries in the South Bay shut down. But we took a a step of faith. It was a courageous step to stay open. And last year, God enabled us to distribute more than $40 million worth of food. We scaled up. If you would have asked me back in 1981, if you would have told me, if you would have said, Ken, one day in one year, you'll be able to distribute food to more than half the population in San Jose, I would have told you, get out of town. But that's exactly what happened. How did it happen? It happened one step at a time. 40 years of walking by faith. And now we're looking at that next step of doubling the capacity of reaching out. What is that step of faith? Can you feel that nudge from the spirit? You may not have all the facts you want, but you have all the facts you need. And when you get ready to take that step of faith, can I tell you that it always feels risky? It does. Because in life, virtually everything is risky. Everything is risky. It always feels risky because everything is risky. During the pandemic, one of 
the great things I discovered was DoorDash. I mean, DoorDash, what a great invention this was. That on my phone, I can order food and I can sit in my chair and watch the game and they will bring it right to my door. I'll hear, well, the doorbell ring and I'll go up to the door and, well, there's my food. How convenient is that? And yet, have you ever thought about, well, how much of a risk that is? You don't know the person delivering your food. They're a total stranger. You don't know what they did to your food. And yet we take that food and we eat it in faith. Whether you're religious or not, you will live by faith. Because everything, virtually everything in life is risky. In psychology, they talk about a a T-type personality. And this is a person who loves risk. The bigger the risk, the better the the risk for them. They they just love taking risks. So risk is not a a big deal for them. But if you don't have that T-type personality, then when it comes to taking risks, whoa. That's just, well, it's a much bigger stretch for you. Even now, as you think about taking that step of faith, you're feeling the risk and your palms are getting sweaty and your mouth is getting dry. I I once heard about a husband who was getting ready to give a talk and he was so nervous. He said, honey, I'm so nervous. My hands are sweat. My palms are sweaty and my, my mouth is dry. And she said, well, here's what you need to do. You need to lick your palms. Do you think that's what Sarah told Abraham? My guess is Abraham's hands were sweaty and his mouth was dry. I mean, he was leaving, leaving his country, leaving his people, leaving his home, going to who knows where to face who knows what. That was risky. But he took that step of faith and that dream that you have and that step of faith that you're getting ready to take maybe it's a dream to lead somebody into a relationship with Jesus Christ but that step of faith of sharing your faith oh that feels risky maybe it's a dream to to find love again But that step of faith of starting to date after you've been wounded, whoa, that feels risky. Or it's a dream to reinvent yourself and pursue another career, but wow, that step of faith to go back to school or learn a whole new set of skills, that seems risky at my age. Everything is risky. A step of faith will feel risky. But here's the good news. The psalmist puts it this way. He said, God met me more than halfway and he freed me from my anxious fears. God did it for the psalmist and God will do it for you. God did it for my dad. When my dad had the dream of moving from Kansas City to San Jose that was a big step of faith he went from one of the largest churches in the nation to 
what was basically a reboot of a small church in, it was in the Bay Area. Even back then, his friends told him, Kenny, don't go out to California. The Bay Area is a graveyard for churches. But my dad believed. He was convinced. He said he was 80% sure, because you're never 100%. But he was 80% sure this is what God was calling him to do. And as long as the blessing of God went with him, he was ready to go. And that's why our name is so appropriate. We are the cathedral of faith because the cathedral started as a step of faith. Whether it's a big step or a small step, can you see yourself taking that step? Because there's another kind of risk. Have you ever thought about, well, if you don't take this risk, what else you do risk? There was a... uh, person who did a survey of people from around the world. He wanted to find out their greatest fears. And there were fears that you would expect on that kind of list. Fears of, well, they didn't want to die alone. The fear of dying alone. The fear of losing your job. But there was one set of fears, one kind of fear that showed up one out of every five times. And you can see that reflected in some of these responses. Anthony writes, my biggest fear is never taking a risk in an effort to find my true calling. Rebecca writes, my greatest fear is to go through life living small and not realizing it until it's too late. Ralph writes, my greatest fear is regretting all that I didn't do as I lay in my hospital bed as an elderly man. Take the risk. If you know what God is calling you to do, take the risk. Take it for God. Take it for the glory of God. Because God is the biggest risk taker of all. Look at the risk that we find on the cross. God wants to spend eternity with us. And so he sends his son to die on the cross. Risking, believing that if we see how much we're loved by God, that we'll respond and love him in return. What kind of risk is that? The Bible tells us that soldiers were rolling the dice, the dice beneath the cross, but the biggest gamble of all was taking place upon the cross. And that God, the great risk taker, he calls you and I into a life of adventure for our good and for his glory. Can you see yourself taking that step of faith today. Impossible. Nobody can jump this. Ah! Indy! And you must hurry! Come quickly! It's a leap of faith.
I'm here to give you that pastoral nudge to take that step of faith. Maybe the step of faith you need to take is to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I invite you to pray this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you because I need a savior. I cannot save myself. And I believe Jesus is the savior of the world. And I put my faith and trust in him. I ask Jesus to be in charge of my life. I make him Lord. Thank you, God, for taking a risk on me. Thank you for having a dream for my life. And now I pray for all of our cathedral family and friends who are watching. That God would give you the strength and the courage. That you'd be able to see what that next step is. To have the grace and the strength to take that next step. And as we're walking in faith toward our dreams. We make this declaration to you, Satan. You can't tread on us or our dreams. That no weapon that's formed against us will prosper because we're living our lives for Christ and for his glory. Amen. Here comes the worship team to reinforce that message. Don't tread on me. against the king, gone against the crown, said, oh no, you've done it now, it's time to feel the fire, rumors spreading around, how could you think he would stay down, said, rumors spreading around, you're nothing but a liar. his promise no weapon formed against me shall prosper don't tread on me come on 
Thanks again for joining us online. I love my cathedral family and I look forward to these times together every week. And we invite you to please send your prayer request to us. In fact, if you have a dream in your heart, I'd invite you to, to send that dream to us. You know, Cathedral of Faith is a, a dream releasing community and we wanna pray with you and pray for you to stand with you on the journey toward the dream God has for you. Well, right after this is the wrap, so stay tuned. It's a great way to take the sermon deeper and further. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, instead of taking care, how about if we take risks? For the glory of God, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Yo, what's up, Cathedral of Faith? Come on in. It's time for the wrap, and it is time to dream again. And if you're ready to dream again, how about we see some hand emojis on the way up in the chat? Someone say, dream again. Let's dream, dream again. again. And we have uh, an absolute honor and privilege to have Pastor Adam with yes. us, pa Pastor Adam Ibarra. So uh -huh. thanks for taking the time out to hang out with us. We'd love to hear what you heard from the sermon. Well, I, the sermon really inspired me really to think about how God, man, he calls us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. You know, he really does. And, and this is what happens. As soon as you say, Jesus come into my life, <laughs> boom, Ooh. something happens, something's activated, and it really does um, it, it happens in a way that it, it's pretty awesome because it's, 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 it could be a whisper, it could be a profound, it could be watching something on TV that prompts because God will completely prompt or remind you of what he has for you. And it's out purely out of love. And that's what really I got, you know, from, from Pastor Ken's sermon today, for sure. Dreaming again. Dreaming yeah. again. Taking that step of faith out of the comfort zone. Pastor yeah. Adam, I can totally relate to that, getting out of your comfort zone. And I think sometimes you think it's like, okay, what is the first step? 
It could be the little as giving the dreams back to God. And when we lay our dreams to God, I truly believe that when, when we do that, lay that dreams to God, he gives us his peace, his, his courage, his strength Amen. to keep moving forward mm. towards that dreams to be accomplished in the natural. Amen. Mm. Pastor Romel, it seems like she was really moved by that first point. I, I, I don't know that. I, I don't know if it was. Yeah, I don't know if it was the point itself, or just maybe the presentation you know, was off, just. You know, offline she did share that that was her favorite point in the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> but out of respect to Pastor Ken, I understand Aurora. So I appreciate that. But Take it, it all in. Take being, it all in. But being part of that whole process was really cool because you know it 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 took the complexities out of this whole dream thing, right? Because it gets complex, right? All the different things, fears, failures, all these things. And then it gets distilled to just that one simple thing of just taking that step, right? That one little step. So it's just amazing to be part of that and really pray that people get in that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that one step. I love the quote that Pastor Ken said, that do what you know you should do, and then you will know what to do. And I don't know how many times yeah. I in my life have been like, God, just tell me what to do, I, and I'll do it. I just want to know what you want to do. But he also said like 80%. Sometimes we only know 80%, but that's okay. Mm. And so True. I just think about some of the things that I'm praying for, thinking about this, you know, that I just need to do, take yeah. a step yeah. so that God can do his part, do my part so he can do his yeah. part. St. Francis of Assisi says, start with what's necessary, yes. then with what's possible. And pretty soon you do, you're doing the impossible, yeah. right? Wow. Like that which yeah. you thought yeah. was way too extravagant and you were capable of in your own you know and it's it's too like the analogy too of the step a lot of times we look you know the it's a linear step but if you would think about a, a step of a, a staircase mm -hmm. notice how your perspective changes with each step you start to see a little bit more of a view mm -hmm. your angle changes the landscape changes yeah. and all of a sudden the giants don't look as big as they used to yeah. you know when you were just a couple steps back so it's i think again in our modern day technology microwave society mm -hmm. we love to have things quick we want to be the success in a week you know uh and there's you know that's like uh, i had a friend of mine who was on a a gospel show and they're you know it was a bobby jones gospel show and they were like man so you're you're you know you are just like this overnight success you know can you just tell us how you just came on the scene and you're at the top of the charts and he was like well he's like that was a long night because that was about 25 years in the making, right? Yeah. So, like, there is so no true. overnight success. Yeah. It's step after step after step. And failure after, and failure. Failure, after yeah. failure after failure. And, the, you know, some of the points that kind of remind me, and Pastor Ken was mentioning about the risk, you know, taking that yeah. risk. And, you know, yeah. I had the chance to, to be with the Raiders, and uh, oftentimes in the locker room you would hear players say they kind of add their little – their little element to it. They would say, no risk it, no biscuit, you know? <laughs> and that was always a cool thing, you know? It's like, hey, we got to go out there. You got to take a risk, right, right, right. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and that's huge. Pastor Ken said that the God is the biggest take uh, risker, right? That, risk so I, the risk taker, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. And I think he rejoiced taking risks in us. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe what he does is just, as our dreams aligns to God's perfect will for our life, then it, it will materialize better than what we, we expect. Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Right. Like when Pastor Ken said, uh, uh, recovering our capacity, and sometimes we don't even know yeah. right. what our capacity right. is and it could be even. And so I think about childlike faith when he said, you know, about dreaming as a seven-year-old. And I think 
a lot of us have gone through a lot of stuff where the faith that we had maybe in the beginning is kind of like, it's a question. You don't know. I have been guilty of this, but like, man, back then I used to this and, and I was so this and I, you know, but now where is that? And so for this, I want to be like, God, what are the things that I'm thinking about, talking about, praying about, but I want to have that childlike faith to believe and just go for it. Like, like back then it's now the capacity is even greater now. Yeah. Yeah. Sociologists and psychologists have talked about how children are, are, they're born basically geniuses, you know, in terms of creative capacity, right? And through our system and our, our, the way of learning and assimilating into education and things, like it's like we, we weed that out of them. Like we, we give them compartments and we give them uh, procedures and protocols that they now have taken this creative genius, God-given ability, and they've, we've learned how to not dream again. You know, and how the, I love that going back and recovering. Oh, yeah, I think that's an important uh, point as well because... Because what happens is that we're, we're taught then to start coloring within the lines. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that really does condition mm-hmm. us to a point where we always want to stay within the lines. And I know what we were talking about just we get to the point where we never want to do anything outside the lines. And we're so and then we find ourselves being afraid to, to fail. That's right. Well, Pastor Adam, it's, it's, we're so grateful for uh, you taking the time here to be, be here. And you yourself have taken, you've lived this yeah. message out in your life and with your family, and it's so beautiful to see. Tell us about this latest risk you've been taking. That, uh, yeah, tell us how well. that's available. <laughs> well, I just love people. Yeah. I've had the opportunity to speak to, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of, of people, you know, executives, athletes, professional athletes, and so on, and and in high schools, middle schools, and 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 I just really have a love for people, and I have now, this latest thing that I've been doing is, you know, I, re- I wrote three children's books, oh, wow. and, and uh, it's called Alex the Hippo, and it's purely trying to give us, you know, a three-year-old and up, just this whole perspective, or this mindset, or this belief, that you're special, that you have a purpose. And, uh, you know, I've never written a book. And only God knows. I felt he prompted. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't work out, at least I, I tried. You know, which is important. So powerful. Yeah. That is exciting. Well, um, this week we're going to do something for For San Jose that just helps uh, to bless the community and those uh, small businesses. So this weekend on Friday and Saturday and Sunday at the Almaden and Morgan Hill Cinelex, we're having a take the popcorn home day. So this is an opportunity for you to take that popcorn you usually only get in the movies and you get to take it home. (laughs) And um, you can go on their website as well, but then their hours are there. On Sundays, it's from noon to three and on Saturday, four to seven. So let's go support our friends. Yeah. And you might need some popcorn because uh, a lot of times we we grab that thing of popcorn because we're about to watch a movie. (laughs) Right? And I think there's some great scenes that are coming up for our church and for Ooh. our community. Oh. That's right. And I think that if we all will be a little bit more brave and courageous to take a step of faith and go after some of those dreams that are in us. And I want to challenge you that's in the chat today. Like mm. how how's that dream coming for you? Mm. How's that dream that you you once told your parents when you were growing up and even I can even see some folks out there. I'm going to call it out there. Dr. Wayne, how's that book coming Yo. that you've been talking about? Pastor Ramel, how's how's that book coming for you? And that podcast that's coming out. We're going to start moving yeah. to see God move. 
I'll even challenge myself, you know. I, I said I was going to have rock hard, hard abs by December. There you go, Vaughn. Not too late. But I didn't say which December. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't, I'm just saying rock hard abs by December. It's you a know great I mean? start. So, <laughs> that's, that's a start. But I think the important thing is that we all have a dream. Amen. And that we all just learn to take the step and not try to figure everything out. Yeah. You know, once you go, then you'll know, Yo. you know. So let's, uh, let's encourage one another. Check in on each other. Call somebody up today, send an email, send a text, put something in the chat. How's your dream coming? How's your plans coming? Like, how's your business coming? How's your, that entrepreneurial spirit? I believe that we can change our world and our realities with our collective Amen. interdependence on each other's dreams. Let's go out with the word of God today. Absolutely. There is always hope and there is power in the word of God. And this scripture today is Psalms 34, 4. God met me halfway yes. and he freed me from my anxious fears. Amen. God is meeting Amen. every single one of us wherever we're at in the hardest and deepest and the things that are so difficult and seem impossible right now. God is meeting you right there, right there. And sometimes it's like, how can I dream? Let's dream in the difficult and the tears. He wipes every single tears. So let's connect and hold on to God today. Cathedral of Faith, I like to say you've got this. Yeah. And you've got this because God's got you. Amen. With God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. amen and amen. Thanks for tuning in this weekend. It's stay connected to what's going on, Cathedral. There's a lot of great things upcoming. And as always, everyone, it's, it's a, a wrap. wrap. We love you, Cathedral. <laughs>